welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm also an editor at Light Reading. And my name's Anand Shah. I'm a director of technology and architecture at Verizon, working on all things 5G, Mac, and network slicing. Welcome back, Anand. Thanks for uh, once again being on the podcast. Uh, and hey, thanks for uh, for speaking at the big 5G event. I know you were uh, part of the big roster of speakers that we had coming from near and far <laughs> as, as we were putting that uh, super hybrid event together. That was, that was pretty crazy. Uh, it was a blast. I mean, you, you guys do an especially amazing job on procuring the right presentations and the right speakers and, and putting the, the stuff together from a worldwide audience. And it's, it's, a, it's something I look forward to every year. Oh, great. Well, thanks for that. I have to definitely credit our events team inside of Informa Tech with uh, the the uh, wrangling of, of the people and stuff like that. And they do take, uh, they sometimes will listen to our feedback in terms of getting uh, <laughs> getting people, uh, you know, representing all, all kinds of industries and stuff. That's where I think the 5G stuff is get, gets more interesting too, is when we start talking about, you know, yes, the, the networks are here, the connectivity's, you know, uh, fast and and improving every day the, and the you know the spectrum is allowing it to reach more and more people every day but uh it really gets exciting when we start talking about okay what are these applications what are these things we can do with these networks um one of the things i wanted to ask you about right away is is just you know one of the uh topics you brought up at the big 5g event was about uh network slicing and private networks um, so I, I guess the question uh, du jour around network slicing is how how close are we to seeing that become a reality, and uh, or is it actually operational in, in in bits and pieces? And and uh, that's a good question. And and people have a debate around whether network slicing is around for four G. We have so many elements on our four G network, like. QoS, QCIs that you could deploy, different kinds of APNs, decor, and these are just some knobs that you're, you're you're able to twist on the 4G network to get a different experience, right? But I think true network slicing, the one that uh, a 5G core standalone is asking for, is where you have you know dedicated compute, dedicated storage. Um, your VNFs or CNFs placed in the, the right locations within your network to make sure that you as a consumer enterprise get an SLA, a promised SLA that's above and beyond what the regular consumer gets. And mm. uh, to, to basically make that happen across several different vendors and hardware types and ensuring that we have the orchestration, the automation, the the checks and balances to make sure that you're getting the SLA that you want. I think to put all that together, uh, you'll start seeing it uh, more in the in the early to mid 2023 timeline mm-hmm. here. Thanks for the reminder about the the different kind of technical hurdles that you have to get through to get true network slicing and kind of what that unlocks. Because I mean, I know we we've we've talked yeah we've talked about you know. The, the journey to private networks and, and why they're so popular and what they mean for enterprises. And, and it seems like that's becoming a really uh, fast growing market, but to get to that point, like you said, where yeah. we have 
true network slicing in the way that we wanted, that, that was sort of designed in with standalone, 5G standalone. Um, still a ways away. There's still so many things to build to get there, but, uh, but, but it, yeah, but that's, it's, it's also not, not a trivial uh, thing we're asking the network to do either. Um, uh, oh, yeah. And you're basically asking, I mean, there's so many elements, right? Everything from the device side to the RAN, to the transport, to the core. There are four things I essentially look at that need to be, you know, orchestrated and be speaking the same language, essentially. And if you just take, I mean, we could take the RAN for, uh, as an example here, right? You got the scheduler on there. It's not the complexity of ensuring that these packets get priority or how you, you know, transform some of the packets there, but it's more around you have several different vendors now, especially with ORAN creeping in, right? Several different vendors on the device side, on the RAN side, on the transport side, on the core side, and getting them all in a room to talk the same language to make sure we agree upon the same principles and network slicing. That's been a challenge, and we've overcome that by building networks that we have today. But with network slicing, that 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 gets exponentially harder now. And and that's what we're seeing, that the coordination efforts and having the right knobs in the network to ensure that um, that we can get a network slice end-to-end is what we're uh, working on. Yeah, so you mentioned Open RAN. Does that um, create uh, more complexities to get network slicing to work, or are there benefits there? Is it kind of a love-hate relationship? <laughs> what are your <laughs> thoughts on Open RAN? <laughs> I mean, hey, it, 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 you know, it increases your competition, and... and definitely decreases costs for us. So we're all in there, right? Whenever we could save some on costs. But I think the simple formula is the more vendors you include in any formula and the more equipment you include, the harder that equation gets to to solve. And it's not it's not that we can't solve it. We can solve it. But um I, I think that's the 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 natural thing behind ORAN. When you start splitting some of these components, you have someone on the RUDU and the, the CU side, that's where things get a little more difficult. And then you introduce, you know, you in- start introducing RICs and non-real time um, mm-hmm. as well. And uh, all that has to work together. You ever get that paralysis by analysis? <laughs> There's yeah, just so do. many options. We do. <laughs> and, and you know what, Kelsey, one thing on the, when you, you, you mentioned paralysis by <laughs> uh, analysis, right? I think that's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so um, I think the one thing there also is that, you know, we did this in um, the 4G days too. We were looking at hundreds of um, uh, APNs on our 4G network. And what we ended up with was, you know, a range of five to 12 APNs that we use on the 4G network. And the same thing goes, I mean, the standards allow us to create so many multiple slices uh, in the order of millions right now. And of course, we're not going to get that high and I don't see us getting that high, but making sure that we understand what the customer wants and making it more of a a um, a pull technology versus a push technology. So understanding what maybe an enterprise wants or, or a certain consumer group or what the gaming industry wants and coordinating the right um, the metrics for uplink throughputs, downlink throughputs, jitter, latency, all that to create a fast, secure slice is something that 
we still are trying to understand and then translate into how we could build a slice off of uh, the information mm-hmm. we get. Yeah, there's definitely there's the technical equation, but like you said, you have, you have to serve so many different end markets with the same network. That's where it gets incredibly complex, I would imagine, um, especially with things like gaming. I mean, enterprises are are fussy enough, but you know, <laughs> gamers are are trying to kill zombies in a millisecond. So they they have yeah, you don't, you know, they're quite a bit more there. vocal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but I actually, I, I, you do bring up a great point, which is. Um, one thing I'm curious about is where the enterprise demand is kind of at the moment. You know, our enterprises um, asking for the kinds of applications that are pushing us toward network slices or are private networks as they're constructed now good enough for, for most applications? Where, where are you guys in those conversations? <laughs> uh, if you ask some of my counterparts, they might not agree with what I'm about to say, but Listen, we have we if we just talk public and private, right? On the public mm-hmm. network, we have a purpose-built network that feeds a hundred, hundred fifty million customers, right? It's um, best effort network that we have there. So you may not get all the SLAs that you you, you want, right? And then I, I call that on the left side of the spectrum. If you start taking steps to the right side of the spectrum, you get into QoSs, which allow a little more flexibility in what you want, right? And then you get into network slicing on a public network, which allows you to get a little more. But then what I see is if you keep going to the right, that's where private networks comes in. A, a, a private network there is you've got either a PNF or a or VNF or CNF based um, box, which has all the core functionalities and RAN fun- fun- functionalities that are dedicated to your enterprise, right? So now you're talking the low latencies, the jitters, all the bandwidth is dedicated to you on the private network on enterprise. So the question is, do we need slicing on a private network or can we get away with not building a network slice on private networks? And there are two trains of thoughts here. One is it's way easier to build a network slice on a private network only because you're usually dealing with one vendor that's out there, whether it's right. a Nokia, Samsung, Ericsson, Salona, you name it, Ruckus, all Athenets, all the companies that are out there that are pitching and selling private networks. You've only got one throat to choke there when it comes to building an end-to-end network. So it's, it's way easier in one regard. The second thing is, is that you can customize network slices uh in a much uh, higher fashion than you can on public networks as well due to the, you know, the previous stuff we talked to that if you just got one, one vendor to, to work with, you may be able to come up with 20, 30, 40 different slices for whatever use cases you have in your, um, in your enterprise. And I, I think that's where the extreme right side is where you have private networks and then you have network slicing on top of those private networks where specific uh, use cases get an SLA, right? Mm-hmm. And then y- you mentioned uh, use cases as well, and I feel like I could go into that, or you could ask the question. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm always interested in in what what's actually being asked of of the network operators because you know because we we how do I put this now? I'm gonna now I'm gonna piss off all my readers. Uh, we we hear so much from the vendor side, the people pushing and selling the technology, creating the new things. And I mean, 
you know, by the time it gets to me, it all sounds wonderful. It's like, wow, this is, this is fantastic. I'm so glad we probably needed this. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but, but I don't know what we need. <laughs> it's like, it, yeah. it all sounds amazing coming from the vendors. They're like, well, you know what? Our, our radio can do these five things now. And I'm like, well, it's about time as I was. You know. <laughs> so it's like, but, well, you don't know. What yeah, that's It's interesting that. to hear what the use case actually is. Like what, what, what are the companies who buy this stuff actually needing at the moment you know and 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 the truth is it's it's a little less maybe a lot less than what the vendors are pitching on their capabilities right it's great to have those capabilities but do people really need them is the question we talk Mm -hmm. about all the cool and sexy applications right ar vr robotics and all and you know what that will come when maybe you know in the in the two to three to four to five year horizon right um and and companies like Verizon and others have to keep seeding the the technology, the thought leadership, and keep doing POCs because that's what leads to a commercial product. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's pretty simple. I mean, one of the biggest use cases is uh, getting their computer vision or camera uplink feeds into a local Mac or a cloud um, compute uh, where they, you know, wherever it is, on prem, off prem, etc. But uh, computer vision seems to be a big use case for us right now that we're hearing quite a bit. Um, getting these high quality 4K cameras, um, having their uplinks and their uh, throughputs uh, at a level where they could actually send video through a wireless network has been something we've been working on quite heavily. Another one is just... Um, you know, private networks isn't just use case dependent, but sometimes it's like the entire vertical. Like if we think about the mining industry, there are there are tons of mines, even agricultural uh, industries where where they're talking about, hey, we just need private networks because we need local survivability in in the mine. Right. If the, the WAN network or the Internet is cut off, I still need to talk to my folks throughout the the the, the mine. I mean. I've heard some agriculture uh, industries, they're actually looking to put a private network on some of those tractors that they have. And the the tractors are huge. I mean, uh, Phil, we were talking about CES before, right? I mean, if you look at one of those tractors, I think the size of my house. And and, and they want to put a private network on there that kind of collects data from the local IoT devices in the ground, in the air, whatever it is. And those use cases are so cool right now. But yeah, um, yeah. I was going to say one of the biggest. Uh, John Deere's been one of the um, the, the yeah. most uh, often appearing uh, enterprises to come uh, at at big five G and other conferences, and they always have you know specifics. Like you, they're never just pie in the sky, whatever. They're like it has. We're reaching this many devices, this many things. So it's like you know they have some very some very specific demands and, and, and it all feeds into the demand for the, you know, the uh, various machines that they build, uh, you know, for the agricultural industry. It's like, they obviously see somewhere in the pipeline that if they can't make those machines more than just, you know, cutting and threshing and sorting, they have to build, you know, an information component into it to help them run their business. That's such a different industry than they started out in, but <laughs> but they've got the vision to go there. So that's that that does make it pretty interesting. Uh, they're they're true thought leaders in that space, and and when you talk about their use cases and other uh, manufacturing logistics and all, 
One thing, Phil, that we're also noticing is that uplink throughputs are getting very to be very important. And previously on our public network, we've always concentrated on downlink, making sure the modulation schemes are way better, making sure our our ratios of downlink to uplink uplink are better. Um, and and the tables need to turn now for private networks because uplink is getting a lot more attention than downlink is getting. So. You know, it's a it's a it's a tagline and a challenge for a lot of the vendors out there to think a little differently on their ratios, their qualm modulations, what they're doing to make sure that uplink speeds can also be equivalent or better than the downlink speeds that we usually get on our devices today to support mm-hmm. these use cases. And we kind of talked about agricultural and and manufacturing use cases from a vertical standpoint. Is there a specific vertical that you feel like is um, just ready to go, you know, full bore with private networks or it's going to be, you know, moving ahead the soonest I'm in? I mean, maybe the financial market. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, actually, um, we've been getting, I'll tell you without uh, saying any names, but financial industry is really big because of sub millisecond latency trading and i'm not saying that private networks will get you sub millisecond uh, uh, latencies but they're they're really pushing the envelope when it comes to hey what are different methods of communication and sending data across a network that gets extreme low latency because i mean i think there was a documentary that was uh, on this subject about how uh, if you could save even one millisecond on a trade, your industry can get X amount of dollars um, that go through because you're the first to find out. Um, that, that's one. Um, even the hospitality industry as well, um, office space, uh, they are definitely looking at smart uh, home-like automation for the entire building when they talk about buying thermostats, uh, opening vents up, things like that, um, even putting shades down and up. Uh, I think they save a lot of energy, and when they do the return on investment, um, they 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 show that it it benefits quite a bit. Oh, it's got to be insane because I I was just just one of the things I always think about when I go to hotels it, traveling is just the idea that like when you arrive at the hotel, the shades are always up, the sun's in the room, and yes. the AC's cranked. <laughs> I know full tilt. it drives me nuts too. I'm like, and no one's like, in here. <laughs> every room on this floor is at 60 degrees until a human being shows up and goes, God, no, not that, you know? Yes, it's too and, cold. And, and then, then some of them, they have the most, uh, uh, I'll say the most basic thermostats on earth because like you, uh, uh, you, uh, especially the, these sort of mid-priced American hotels, they have these great, these great, it's basically an on like uh like it's gonna blow your hair back or completely <laughs> off surface of the sun there's no in between yep and that was so, the last hotel it was at and yeah. it had two there was like two controls and i was like yeah and you're just like i, I can only imagine the energy that's coming into this like 400 square foot room you know that yep. they have to <laughs> that there's papers moving on the desk across the way just to turn the when you turn the ac on you're like yep. this is this has got to be addressed somewhere along yeah. the way. Has to be a better way I, of doing yeah. it. Yeah, I think yep. is I, I think the built environment uh, energy consumption is greater than transportation, even. So, um, mm. you know, that's definitely a big benefit if if they can have some of those um, smart 
capabilities so that as, as poor journalists when we you know, go to I a know. hotel are we just don't you know, turn into popsicles when we're <laughs> in there. That's really uh, what it all boils down to. Uh, yeah, it's creature. <laughs> we really aren't. We, we're uh, we're only in, interested in technology and as much as it makes us comfortable. I think yes. is, is what you'll find with most reporters. Um, sorry, sorry, uh, fellow reporters. I gave away the secret. The big the big thing we've been holding on to. Um, uh, okay, last last. Uh, thing and then we we, we want to uh, respect our time and wrap up. But uh, uh, what uh, uh, what can you tell us in terms of uh, you know private networks like what to look forward to in the next uh, you know I guess handful of months? It's hard to predict anything these days. But let's say the next six to twelve months, what are going to be the uh, mile markers or the uh, use cases or even the kind of technology hurdles that you're hoping to uh, to clear as we're uh, you know, as as these as private networks, especially, are getting more and more uh, popular within industries, and also, uh, you know, just being built out more. I think um, I was going to write down my thoughts as you were speaking. Um, oh yeah, think- my questions sometimes can take up to ten minutes, so you have <laughs> yeah. to you have plenty of time. You should have gone and got a cup of coffee and come yeah, back. No, no, it was good. Um, okay, so I think uh, the first thing is simplicity. Um, we are so awesome at uh, making sure every standard and every call flow of our public network is put into a private network. And it takes an immense amount of testing validation that needs to be done before we release a product. And when we look at the enterprise, this is no longer a radio or a core or a network function that's feeding 100 million people. You don't need the same scrutiny. You don't need the same, uh, I guess, uh, you don't need it to be as robust as what we have on the public network, but yeah. having a simplified version of a private network on the enterprise prem that an, a regular IT admin can understand is very important, and that plays a big role in in reducing the costs. The cost too, because if you look at um, the the second point that I want to get into is the how you play nice with Wi-Fi, right? I mean, I, I say that five G and Wi-Fi are like peanut butter and jelly; they're both awesome. Uh, separately, but the, it's like even better when you put them together, right? And then you slap on the bread and all. Um, but um, those uh, those two technologies uh, need to play nice with each other, and they do. They will coexist with each other. They'll each be feeding different use cases, and that's something that the the entire ecosystem needs to figure out, right? Whether it's regular broadband usage over Wi-Fi and um, and maybe. Sp- latency specific bandwidth specific stuff on private networks that needs to be decided to right um the third item i want to talk about is the convergence of those two technologies that uh right now there are two overlay technologies two networks there are there places where simple things we could start with putting a wi-fi radio and a 5g radio in the same enclosure having uh the subscriptioning and authentication on wi-fi uh, beyond the HSS and AAA of of 5G or, or vice versa, either way, right? Uh, it, can we do uh, carrier aggregation between the two? Basically, always keeping the consumer enterprise in mind. How do we make it better for them? That's it, versus having to handle two different networks. Um, those, are, um, those are maybe three of the biggest things or hurdles that I see Otherwise, when it comes to growth, um, Phil, Kelsey, we're seeing a ton of enterprises coming to us asking for private networks and what we could do to help them 
put a, another network in their enterprise. And it's awesome. There's some that are just dabbling in the space. Like they don't have a use case, but can I just get one and try it out? Versus some that are- <laughs> Another building has it, so- <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you could do some. You could do your own DIY uh, private network now as well. But, um, but some dabble and some that are very crystal clear that I need this set of private mm-hmm. networks and these features and these capabilities, and they're the ones that are driving companies like Verizon to uh, increase the requirements and just get a better product out the door. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, Phil, Kelsey, I think those are the those are the things that we need to concentrate on in the near future. That's quite a lot, and thanks for uh, thanks for uh, giving us all that uh, that insight, uh, Kelsey. Did you have any any last questions or or uh, request for Mister no, Shaw? I mean, we... I'm just trying to. I I need to come up with some ideas for a private network. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want? What can I use it for? I, use it. I don't know. I mean, one correspondent at home with a dog. I, Darn it! I'm, wait, I'm, wait, hey, hey, hey! I did the... one on my own. I'm going to have to sign that expense report, so there's no... (laughs) Well, Anand's going to help me with it, so it'll be good. I I did a private network in my home, and you know what my use case was? I just wanted my name to show up as the network on the top of my phone, and I got it, and I was so happy. That's a good one. (laughs) There you go. See, already... I'm back on. I'm back on board. Wait, wait. (laughs) Okay, I'm submitting it now. (laughs) No, I really... I want to just... I want to do that just so I can... Because we see our neighbor's uh, SS ids on every damn thing in yep, our house yep, yep. you know and i would love to just have my network name being broadcast everywhere yep. nice. <laughs> ours but is wu-tang my. land phil's 5g <laughs> network <laughs> that's right my 5g hands off yeah. that'd be fun hands off. Uh, all right well thanks so much for being a, a part of the podcast and for uh, for your insights and uh we uh, you know, it depends on how things go, but hopefully we'll see you soon in person soon enough at one of these big events. And uh, in the meantime, stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, this was really fun. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks.